Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, we highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Monday, February 22nd, 2021. Another week, another episode of WandaVision. Episode 7. Um, Lucky number 7? Some would not say that. No. Um, we'll get into it, but you know, WandaVision was rattling off a just a series of fantastic episode after fantastic ep- episode. And sometimes you just hit a little point where you just kind of got to get from point A to point B. And that was this episode. Yeah, and I think point B is going to be great. But the traveling to it sometime wasn't the best. And also, uh, not just a great episode for the theorizers like us who pretty much know what's coming. And mm-hmm. it's like, we know what they're setting up. And then we're expecting more on top of that. But then they just do like the most basic thing that we saw them setting up. It is a disappointment a little bit. Yeah. If you don't listen to this podcast, you probably had a great time watching this. Yeah. Um, but if you do, maybe not. A, oh, shit. Yeah. And then also after that, we have another movie review every week. Of course, we're reviewing a potential Oscar-nominated movie. We don't know yet. 
that is Nomadland. It has won countless film festival awards, like over 30, I would say. Um, independently made movie. It's, and, a, um, it's a strong move to have it. A, it's like a war, like winning award in the opening scene. Yeah. It was on the screen. It was like, hey, we won this award. The movie yeah. you're about to watch, award winning. Yeah, that's a good flex. <laughs> um, so we'll review that. We'll see. Is it really award winning? We'll have to know. Is it above the line? Oh, we'll explain that in a little bit. Let's get into it. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! High fly ball into right field. She is gone! I don't feel so good. Hulk! Smash! Hey, look up. You can put it on the board. Yes! WandaVision Episode 7. As always, watched it last night at midnight, or should I say 12.15, because... Uh, Disney was having problems, which, I mean, I'm surprised it took this long for them to have pro- a problem like this at midnight with how many people are watching it. Uh, yeah, I would expect this like on day one. Yeah. Um, but it was – it has been picking up steam. I know last week it was announced that it became the number one most watched show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense, especially with av- – obviously everything's been being built up. Like last episode was a cliffhanger. Yeah. People are fucking hopping on as soon as they can. And I was not happy. <laughs> I was ready to go to bed. Riley was getting all frustrated. I was like, I might just go to bed. I'm tired. I was so tired <laughs> yesterday. Um, See, I'm I'm fine with it, but I feel bad for people on the East Coast who stayed up to like 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so this was the, what, like 2010s? I feel like they're, it's kind of like a foggy. It's not a set decade. Oh, 05 to 15. Okay. We're going to work at fives. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Malcolm Middle came out in 2000. Two th- yeah, 2000 exactly. Um, but again, I don't think they're like just set decades. I think it's just different kind of periods in television. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, um nice little office intro. Yeah. Sounded Had just the, like the office. Yeah. Um, missed opportunity. I was thinking here, Jay, what there's, you know, obviously like the start of the episode visions, not at the house. Yeah. And it's the mom and the kids could have done a, how I met your father. Okay. And it could have been the flashback episode, but why would they reference like a terrible shit? Shut the fuck up, Jay. It's a good show. show. Um, so this this episode, um, many are complaining that it's filler. The, just my overall consensus before we get into the gritty details is this felt like episode six B to me. Okay, like I I just I feel like you could have trimmed some of the fat <laughs> off of this episode, trimmed some of the fat off of last episode, and made it just like one really long episode. Um, which I mean, and it would have felt fine. I'm I'm fine with it either way. Um, but I think because they want to get their decades in. With the sitcoms, that's where that, like, kind of cut happened where they, you know, and they had to make it a new episode with, you know, all that. So, yeah, I, I think they did a lot of oh shit stuff in episode six. And then it was like, well, we still kind of got to commit to the sitcom thing. Yeah. Because, like, if this was episode three or something, I'd be fine with it. Yeah. You know, if it had a different reveal at the end, but there was still a big reveal at the end or something. Yeah. Like, you know, Pietro instead of what we got. Um, yeah. I would be fine with it because, like, episode one and two, like, they were slower sitcom-style stuff. And that was okay because it was still, like, unraveling. Mm-hmm. We're, we're past that point. Yeah. The mystery isn't really unraveling. You're wanting to see it play out. And they still had to pump the brakes and give you a sitcom thing in the middle. Yeah, and there's almost a sense of – I mean, I don't know if I feel this way personally, but I could definitely see why people would feel this. It's like – kind of running out of time like everyone knows there's only two more episodes of this and it's like okay we're kind of building up in our minds all this stuff that's going to happen or could potentially happen and like how long is this last episode going to be how long are the last two like you know it just kind of feels like like when are we going to get there 
Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised because obviously they have kind of blurred the lines on the decades. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they planned on doing a 2000s and a 2010, and they kind of realized as they were going along, like, we're it's too much of the sitcom stuff and not enough, and that's why they've started to blur the stuff together. So is this the end of the sitcom episodes? Oh, it's got to be. So. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be for sure. I saw some people talking on Twitter about, like, how they would do, like, the 2020s or whatever, or like, 2015 to now or whatever. No. Like, next episode, and it's like, I can't, is it? I can't imagine that. What even is, like, this generation of TV? I, I don't know. Game it, of Thrones. Dragon shows up. Yeah, Game of Thrones. No, I that mean, was done. That was done before 2020. I Netflix, Just a Netflix show? Stranger Things. Yeah. It's honestly probably the biggest show. Um... So I, I want to start. I know you have notes, but I want to start with this because I know you were you were hi, uh, the conductor of this hype train for the aerospace engineer, mm-hmm. um, which you you know obviously alluded to Fantastic Four and a lot of other people did. I don't think that was your own original idea, but you didn't get it from no, anyone else. Correct. I was not. I did not copy anyone. I looked it up myself. It's just parallel thinking with other people. Um, so we obviously you know want uh, not Wanda. Excuse me. Um, geez, Monica says you know last episode that. Her guys ride about over the hill, whatever, meet them in an hour, and then they show up, and it's just like an army commander lady, and she has a, like, Mars rover-looking thing that she's going to just penetrate the uh, hex with. Um, and many people are upset, thinking that that is the aerospace engineer just because of the way it was presented. The way that the girl was presented, though, I feel like she wasn't presented as an aerospace engineer. She was just presented as, like, a military gen- general or captain. So, like, is the aerospace engineer even there yet? But that's just kind of, like, choppy riding to say, like, oh, he's over the hill, and then you get there, and there's, like, no guy there. That's the confusing part, which makes me think it's a scroll in disguise. Yeah, and it's – to say that my guy's over there, and obviously that's what everyone was expecting. Everyone, you know, who's – Marvel knows people are going to go on Reddit and go on social media and talk about this stuff and have theories. that They're the number one fran- franchise in the world for that. Yeah. They knew what they were doing by setting this type of stuff up, and they knew that they created expectations. Yeah. And it was a letdown. It pissed me off. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is really all we're getting? I think it'll be more than that. I just don't think it's going to be Reed Richards. So, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be. I still hope it's Reed Richards. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Um, But Tayana Paris, the girl who plays Monica, was Uh doing interviews interviews and stuff, and it said she's excited for the aerospace engineer reveal and for the fans to see it. Yeah. She wouldn't say that if it was just a random military person. So there is still more to this. That's why I think it might be a scroll. Disguise, or I I saw some people think it might be this guy named Blue Marvel. Yeah, that's that's like the number one theory outside of Reed Richards, probably. And I don't, I've never heard of Re- uh, Blue Marvel. No, this. no fucking clue who it is. And it kind of goes in line though, because you have Captain Marvel, you have Miss Marvel, Monica. They're all con- will be connected somehow, and then maybe Blue Marvel as well. Maybe get a Green Marvel, Red Marvel, Orange Marvel. Then we just get a Marvel Avengers. It'd be like the Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, it, it was a little disappointing, but. You know. Now, my, my biggest issue is I was pissed off with that, and it took away from a really bitchin' scene that took place right after it. Yeah. Where she gets her powers. Yeah. She becomes Spectrum, I want to say, is her comic book name? Photon. Well, her mom's thing is Photon. I think it changes in the comics. It's like both. But I think they're going to go Spectrum on this one. Okay. I just, Are you sure just, about that? Yeah, like 90%. Um. Yeah, I, I just... How did... Why, like, was she just able to walk through it if that military tank couldn't walk through it? Well, through it. so they were saying the military tank was super strong or whatever, so it was hard for the reality to, like, get into it and rewrite it. 
Oh, okay. It was easy to rewrite her. Okay, fair enough. Because it was supposed to like not be rewritten as it drove through. Yeah. I just didn't understand why she still had her memory and stuff when she got through. Because she, she that's part of her powers, that's I guess. Just, she just powered through that shit? Somehow. She said, I'm sorry, but I'm built different. Yeah, pretty much. That's like, for whatever reason, because Captain Marvel said she was the strongest little girl there is, so way back when she was a child. Yeah, that is true. She did say that. Um, yeah, so that's going to be fun. Wanda had a quote after that saying how maybe she already is the villain. That yeah. Was, that was a very meta quote because I know that's the whole like theory of the series is potentially she's just the villain. Which, maybe. She's been a villain in the past. Um, but we learn at the end. I feel like there's just not that much to talk about in this episode. We learn at the end that Agnes, the neighbor, who has said plenty of things about the devil and has a bunny just like Agnes, Agatha the Harkness. Is that, did I get that right? Agatha Harkness. The Hark- Harkness. No, Agatha. Agatha Harkness. Oh, shit. This whole time I thought it was Agatha the Harkness. <laughs> no. <laughs> Agatha just her Harkness. first and last name. Um, even though she had that little... What was that thing she had on her pendant? I think it no, it, it was like a different word, but it looked like witches or something. She dressed as a witch in Halloween. She had the witch yep. laugh, which she was pretending to be um, under Wanda's spell in that scene, like you said that people predicted on Reddit. Um, yep. She ended up being like who everyone thought she was going to be that Correct. knows anything about the comics. Which would be an awesome fucking reveal if yeah. you don't go on Reddit and you don't listen to stuff about the show and you're a casual Marvel fan. That was fucking cool. Even yeah, well, anyone that knows the comics, like if you have Agatha Harkness, you know that she's connected to Wanda in the comics, and then you have this neighbor named Agnes. Like no shit, you know and what she's I mean? been sus the entire time. Yeah, which don't get me wrong, I thought it was a fucking cool scene. Yeah, I think going down into the the cave type thing and like all the trees and roots in the basement. The book, the book. Something's up with that book. There's like a thing for it. It's like where all the spells are or some shit. Yeah. I saw it in a YouTube video. I don't remember the name. Uh, me either, but. <laughs> Sums up with it. Yeah. Um, it was a fucking cool scene. Yeah. But that was the big part of the episode. And while, yes, it's fucking awesome and it's like, cool, we were right. It kind of was the only good part of the episode and it was something we knew. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't confirmed, but we knew it. We knew it was going to happen at some point. Yeah. It's not like the aerospace engineer where you're like, who is this? What's this going to be? Oh, shit. Oh, there's the reveal. I remember what I was going to say earlier. Just Go jumping back on that real quick. I saw. I don't know if it was a real quote. That's bad journalism by me. But it apparently it was a quote by Paul Bettany saying, like something about Doctor Strange, like everyone's expecting a Doctor Strange cameo. Or has Doctor Strange been confirmed by Marvel? Yeah. Okay, because if not, it wouldn't make sense for Paul Bettany to bring up Doctor Strange. But then he said there's an even bigger actor that still hasn't been shown yet, or something. Yeah, he said Evan Peters is not the one he was talking oh, about. Oh yeah. So. And yeah. obviously, people know it's not Bettany. So there is still something else. Whether that's someone playing, someone working with. Uh, Agatha, mm-hmm. we're going to switch that from Agnes. Yeah. Um, working with Agna and it's a big bad, whether that's the aerospace engineer, who knows? Yeah. Um, we'll see. But now it looks like, so it looks like Agnes, obviously she was in this whole thing the whole time. And we still don't really know exactly what her motive is, how she got there, what her plan is. That's all probably going to be revealed in episode eight mm-hmm. before a final big episode nine where there's conflict and the resolution and leading into the next movies. Um, that is my prediction how the final two episodes are going to pan out. Probably a little bit of a flashback episode eight. Um, so we don't really know what her motives, how she got there is. But it, I, I do have a feeling that like – so there's this theory, you know, Mephisto, because he's been rumored to be on the just the streaming shows beforehand and then – uh, specifically this one 
I, I don't know if he's necessarily working with her like everyone thought. You know what I mean? Like everyone yeah. thought Ralph, her husband, who is probably Quicksilver. Yeah, and well, I should say, I'll just say Evan Peters. Yes, because we don't actually know what his real name is at this point because it's obviously not Petro. Petro. Yeah, and he was under mind control, and or possibly was, was forced to look different. Well, yeah, they showed the, like the purple smoke well, maybe on his she back. She was just making him look different because he did yeah, say post credit Snooper's gonna snoop. Yeah, and he showed when fuck Marvel for finally doing a post credit scene just randomly in the seventh episode. Oh, I turned it off. I wasn't waiting. I then Riley saw on Twitter. Really? Yeah. It was just playing in the living room, and we were in the kitchen talking about it. And then I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he's connected somehow. But you might be right. There may not be – it may just be Agatha. Now, I think I could see at the end of the series, like, whatever happens, happens. And then there's, like, a Mephisto tease. And maybe he's the quote-unquote big bad, like you said in our text messages, of the shows. Because there's a, a – well, maybe not Captain America or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but like Loki, and then whatever they do moving forward, because there's that scene in Loki where there is they're in like a chapel, and it's what is that glass called? Like in churches, stained glass. Yeah, it's like stained glass in the background. Instead of Jesus, it's the devil. Wow. So he, maybe dark. Mephisto, and Mephisto, I know is lightly connected to the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. Nailed it. Is that really it? Yeah, I think so. Um, from the Loki show, and I know uh, Wanda being a Nexus being, the TVA is actually the ones that monitor Nexus beings in the comics. So I feel like these two shows are actually going to be more connected than we think. Oh, yeah, I'm, I definitely agree Even though that. Loki's in a different reality, you know, Wanda, that's an important thing, too, we need to mention, but I'll get there. You know, so I don't know if Mephisto's necessarily behind everything that has happened so far. I'm not ruling out him being in the show at some capacity at the end to set up future things, but I don't think he's the you know, quote-unquote, big bad of this. I think it's Agnes. I'm just going to keep calling her Agnes. <laughs> I think it's Agnes working together in some capacity with Hayward, like a I get what I want, maybe the children, and you get what you want, Hayward, and that's Vision because we find out the cataract thing is he was trying to reboot Vision and have his sentient weapon again, you know. Yeah, like controlling Vision. Probably. I think I, – I, I hope it's not this, but I think it's just going to be like the trope of – can't trust superheroes. You guys lost once. We were defenseless for five years. You and know. they've already set that up 100% with his yeah. comments about Wanda and the five years that Monica was gone. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm kind of on board with that, too. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if those two are connected somehow. If, like I said, like it's like a dual partnership because Hayward did have the comment where, you know, they're gearing up to do stuff with the Hex. And he said, we launched today. And many people think that's, oh, they're just going to launch an attack on the Hex. But it very well could be this orchestrated plan with Agnes. Because Agnes really, I mean, she couldn't have taken the kids whenever. But it was just the timing of him saying we're going to launch today after Wanda expanded the Hex and then is losing power over it as a result. Plus Agnes getting the kids that exact same time. Like, it's just, it's connected too much to not be connected. They're not going to have these two different storylines in the same show that's not somehow interwoven, I don't think. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, but I'm not, I don't think it's a guarantee necessarily. Um, I do think like just with your Mephisto comments, I kind of compared it to Loki in the first Avengers mm-hmm. where it's Agatha is the villain of this show. Yeah. Then afterwards, you know, much like the Avengers afterwards, Loki was working for Thanos. We find out. Yeah. We could find out afterwards. Agnes was working for Mephisto or Trying something. to get the kids for Mephisto. Or yes. Something. Yep. But I don't think that because we've, you talked about it before where, it's going to be weird if you introduce a villain and then he's the villain for the last two episodes. Yeah. Agnes has been there since the first episode. This is someone that they've introduced who's been sus the entire time. It just makes sense for her to be the main focal point. Yeah. 
as you know where the story concludes rather than introducing someone saying i was behind it and then getting rid of them or whatever at the end mm-hmm. it makes sense for her to be the conclusion of the story yeah in whatever capacity i don't even know if it's necessarily going to be a conclusion of this show they're obviously not doing a second season but i almost feel like this is just going to be a like the show itself is probably going to end on a cliffhanger you know what i mean like i feel like this is just the appetizer for more things to come because it's kind of kickstarting phase four if you think about it yeah spider-man came out first uh far from home but this is the first chronological event since you know the snap and everything everyone came back it very well could be like yeah there's a smallest resolution where the hex is gone and something you know happens with wanda but i feel like it's going to be the implications are going to be more for the future than necessarily wrapping up this show you know what i mean uh yes and no i think marvel's really good at concluding things and setting things up at the same time this is a show not a movie but Marvel's just been great about that their entire their track record. It's whenever something's an awesome conclusion, there's always the Loki thing. Avengers is awesome, great conclusion to the Avengers. We're also gonna use it to set something else up. In the I future. think the conclusion though is gonna be like they're not being a hex anymore. You know what I mean? Like it that'll be, be the yeah. conclusion. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. Um, I think with it being a limited series, I I think Marvel's smart enough to know that this is their first show, even if it was supposed to be or not. Yeah. It was going to be one of their earlier shows. They want a good payoff to where people come back and keep watching the stuff they keep pumping out. Or they want a cliffhanger. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. This whole show's been cliffhangers. It has been, for sure. Uh, slow burn. Definitely a binge show. Um, so, question, though, Jay. Yeah. The, uh, obviously, it's like Modern Family, and there's interviews with the people throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. In one of Agnes's interviews, she said, I actually did bite a kid once. Mm-hmm. Is she who gave Peter Parker her superpowers? perhaps marvel connects everything wait are you being serious no but it was a funny oh. it was a funny rumor on reddit <laughs> she was like does she bite peter parker is that what's going In on spider here? form that'd yes be, that'd be pretty funny <laughs> she was like i actually did bite a kid once <laughs> um but so obviously the kids are gone yeah at the end of the episode mm-hmm. half eaten peanut butter jellies half eaten peanut butter jellies Drinks on there. the table with yo the gabba sleeve. gabba still playing did you notice the drinks? Their like sleeve on the cup was hexes, hexagons. Oh, was like it like everything else in the show? Oh shit! Yeah, didn't notice that. Yeah, are the kids dead? Because in the comics, those kids are dead. Um, does Marvel have the balls to kill those kids? No. Full on Michael Jordan meme. Fuck them kids. No, I think they'll. Subject. I think they'll um. They'll do something where Mephisto's trying to like get their powers, and maybe the plan is to eventually kill them himself. I don't think they'll probably kill the kids this soon. But that would send Wanda on a fucking rampage. Shit would hit the wall. And maybe that's how you open the multiverse. I just realized that the definition for the word hex is to cast a spell on bewitch. Oh, yeah. That's just crazy to me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they killed him. Um, We'll see. I think they're probably like in a... Here's my prediction. They're animals. She turned them into animals. Oh. She does have a kid named like Scratchy or something in the comics. And that's her rabbit's name. Yeah. And the rabbit wasn't thinking, ha- had no thoughts, according to um, it's true. Tommy. It's real quiet. Or Billy. People are also Timmy, saying the Bobby. reason she like did whatever with the kids this episode is because when he came over and was like, oh, I can hear your thoughts or whatever, that was the first time she realized they have their powers now. Yeah. So it was time to time to get this plan in motion. Yeah. This all ties in. So I don't think they killed him. What do you think first? I, I'm – I – I don't think they have the balls to do it, but I think it would make for great storytelling. I think that'll be the plan, but I don't think they have the balls to do it, like you said. Yeah. So we'll see. Are they in the book? 
That book was fucking yeah. glowing. Potentially. That was a glowing-ass book if I've ever seen one. Maybe. People are also saying there's a scene in Doctor Strange where there's, like, a wall of books, and it's, like, a hex. Like, they're little hexes, and a book's missing. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's how that- Doctor Strange... He doesn't even come back to fight her. He's just like, hey, can I have my book back? <laughs> He's just full-on librarian. <laughs> um. So this all ties into kind of last episode, though, and I think this is, like... Like, that's why I said I feel like this was episode 6B is they set things up in episode six that were kind of subtly paid off in episode seven that people didn't even like might not realize. So Pietro obviously working in some capacity with Agnes, um, probably her husband, Ralph, that she's been talking about. Might not even be her husband. It might just be a guy named Ralph. That'd be funny. I mean, if you looked at the end, uh, like the end credits, like it was Evan Peters, but he looked just like a hobo. Like he had a tie dye shirt on. He looked very grummy. I think the idea is he's the deadbeat brother. And that was a modern day deadbeat brother. Look, okay. That was my take from it. Okay. But him showing up at the house with someone snooping around really makes it seem like he's working with Agnes. Well, yeah, and where did he go? He was just gone all fucking episode. Yeah. He just got yeeted for Halloween and just laid in that hay the rest of the episode. Um, But, no, it goes it goes hand-in-hand hand with some of the things they set up last episode because some of the subtle things, such as Evan Peters wanting Vision to not be with the kids, obviously. Yep. Um, And then, obviously – Agnes kind of tricking Vision into getting him to go out of the hex because she wanted him to also think she was under his mind control and lure him towards the edge of the hex. That's why she was sitting over there to begin with. Mm -hmm. And then he goes out of it. The hex expands. They know Wanda's going to expand it. And then that's what causes her to lose some of her control over the hex. And that's probably what allows Agnes to do more of the things and maybe control Wanda a little bit more because Wanda's not literally – like doesn't have the capabilities to – you know what I mean? Because she was losing some of her control and everything. Yeah. It was just all tied together like this plan. And I hope it's not just like episodes eight. It's not just like her detailing that plan that I already see. You know what I mean? I, I feel like episode eight is going to be a lot of I'm big bad. Let me explain what I've been doing the whole time. And we're going to see how it got set up and stuff. Well, you don't have to watch it then. I just told everyone. Fantastic, Jay. Um, so, yeah. And I want to talk about the Nexus being thing because she took the commercial was the Nexus pill. Yep. And she ended up taking pills, actually, before she went over to the neighbor's house or when it, before uh, she confronted Monica, actually. Did she? Yeah, there was a scene where she took pills, and it was the okay. Nexus pills. Okay. So, and in the comics, I talked about this on the podcast a few weeks ago. I couldn't think of the word for it where she was a, a being that exists in the different comic book, you know, quote-unquote universes, and, like, but it's the same Wanda. There's different Quicksilvers. There's different Spider-Men. Yeah. There's only one Wanda. Yeah, and that word was Nexus. Nice. So, we'll see what they do with that, man. That. It's- She's an anchor point for everything else. Very much pointing towards multiverse still. Which I, they've been just teasing forever. They've, it's just been nonstop. Multiverse, multiverse, multiverse shit. Yeah. And we've yet to get it. They're tuning on purpose. That's probably the whole reason they cast Evan Peters, just to make yeah, the, everyone absolutely. think that. Yeah. Because you go to Far From Home and you get the Mysterio and you're like, this is finally it. And it's yeah. like, psych. And you WandaVision, this is Quicksilver. And I feel like that's going to be another psych. No, it is another psych. Not I feel like. Well. We'll see, but <laughs> it's just when are they finally going to fucking pull the trigger and do this? Is it going to be Spider-Man? I don't know. Spider-Man comes out. Obviously, Doctor Strange It's in the fucking title. We know it's going to happen then. Yeah. Spider-Man comes out before that. So yeah. we'll see. And all the other Spider-Man rumors. So that's important, though. See what they'll do with that. Um, the Vision-Darcy thing was just kind of so, like, pointless. Unnecessary. Yeah. So unnecessary. Yeah, there, filler. I, there it was, was filler. 
hundred percent. There was nothing that got moved forward from that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was part of the sitcom stuff. It was used for the sitcom, and they're in there, and he's looking at the camera, very office like in the van, and then he's doing the interview. He's got the little mic on his vision yeah. suit, which was funny. Um, but it was just filler. The only thing that I think it moved forward a little bit was when he realized he was doing that interview, and he was like, "Oh, I'm like, why am I doing this?" You know what I mean? And he was just like, what the hell? And, like, even Riley's like, why are they driving? Vision can fly. Oh. He never got there. Yeah. Well, he flied out of the car, and we didn't see him again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He never showed up after that. Yeah. Episode 8 definitely shows with him, starts with him showing up, right? Probably. Like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, so I think the only thing important that was from that little side angle was, like, him maybe fully unattaching from this whole sitcom kind of why am i going along with this you know what i mean thing so but it was just they've kind of been doing that the whole series you know yeah for sure so it was not necessary but she wants vision to know that it's like a sitcom because she controlled herb and she had you know because when she was controlling or herb not herb when he was you know cutting the grass next door and he was saying like she's controlling us or he didn't finish his sentence like she wants vision to know it's fake that's why i think she's working with hayward in some capacity as well i don't know why but Hayward's trying to use Wanda to bring Vision back to life because he couldn't do it, and he's trying to get him out of the hex. Maybe. Uh, And there's still the question as to why he can't leave, but it seems like everyone else can. I think everyone else can if Wanda wants them to. Maybe. Because Monica was the only thing that really left so far, right? And then some of the other things that she – Yeah. So. Um, But I think it will be interesting to see. And there was the comments about, like, Pietro um, talking to her last episode. Like, this is quite a step up from just shooting stuff out of your hands. Yeah. She was like, I don't know how I'm doing this, how I'm in control of all this. Could it be a situation where Agnes is, like, using Wanda and Vision, and, like, somehow the Mind Stone's back, so she's having, like, control of Vision, Vision's creating all this, like, superpowering Wanda? I don't know. I feel like there's more, because Pietro was, like, pressing Wanda so much how she was doing it, and we know... Or I should say Evan Peters. And uh, we know he's working together with Agnes in some capacity. I feel like even Agnes doesn't know exactly, like, what all. I think, yeah, Agnes maybe is trying to manipulate Wanda so she can't understand how she's doing it or something. I don't know. That's just how I interpret it. I I don't know why he would be asking so many questions if he kind of knew that Agnes was. But it could be that you could also spin it that maybe he was trying to cast doubt into Wanda. You know, so that's the spin zone to that. But, and, I mean, we've whenever we've seen Wanda control people or whatever, it's the glowing red eyes and shit. Yeah. And we saw glowing purple eyes with Agnes doing that to Wanda. So it's very much she's under her control in some sense. Yeah. And has been. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see, though. Um, I had another comment, and I completely forgot. It was about Quicksilver, I think. Should I say Evan Peters? I don't know. Should just call him Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not confirmed yet. Oh, man, Ty, what was my other point? What else did we see in the episode? He just—he's—I mean, you only see him in the post-credit scene. Monica has her Maybe powers. Him, she though. can see all the different. She can see like the magnetic field and shit. She can see the magic oh, coming I off remember. the trees. What's up? There's still a theory, and this is a theory that I have not gotten behind at all. Reed Richards, I got behind twenty percent. There's Thank a theory. You for there's a theory that they're trying to. The purpose of this is they're trying to. And actually, I don't hate it, but I'm still not getting behind it. I don't know why. It just seems like a lot for them to do in the final two episodes. That's why I'm not getting behind it. Is that the whole purpose of this is they're trying to remake the Infinity Stones. Like, for whatever reason. 
like because the universe can't survive without it or Hayward and the humans want to have the power of the stones. And that's why they wanted Wanda to bring vision back to life so they can get the mind stone in that capacity. And then everything else that maybe happens in the next few movies or even in the show, because there's like a scene where she's looking at something that looks like the Tesseract, like that hasn't been shown yet on the Mm -hmm. show. And there's a theory that that's what they're trying to use Wanda for is to recreate the infinity stones, blah, blah, blah. Well, that would be cool. I just feel like Marvel's kind of like moved on from that story. And th- they they were so reliant on it for so yeah. long. Like, they literally have said, Endgame is the end of the Infinity Saga. That's yeah. what they fucking named it. Yeah. So I can't see that one of their first projects afterwards would be to bring those back. Yeah. After you've used them for all of your fucking stories. I mean, maybe it could be something as small as Hayward wanting to bring Vision back for the Mind Stone, but I don't think they should dive much deeper into it than that. Like, literally trying to recreate the stones and then... Wanda and Doctor Strange has to stop them from recreating the stones or whatever. I just like, yeah, like we said, I, I that saga's over. They had Thanos destroy those stones for a reason that was very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, did they did they address this? Did they ever destroy the stones after Tony snapped? Yeah, they had Chris Evans go and return them all. Oh, that's right. Duh. Yeah. Okay. Because they to, in order to. For those timelines not to go to shit, they had to return them back to their original timeline. This was another thing I was thinking, What's up? which could be uh, – I was going to text you this, but I didn't because it was a lot to explain. I said I was going to save it on the pod. So, obviously, they're teasing the multiverse a lot. Yes. What if the Doctor – like, I think eventually we will get a multiverse, but I could see Marvel just continuing to tease it and continuing to tease it, you know, just like Thanos and everything and, and the Infinity Stones, and eventually there will be a payoff. What if Doctor Strange isn't the multiverse as we're thinking of it? Like, it's not this, like – like how we're thinking of it right now. What if the multiverse of madness, which I don't think it will be, but I could, I wouldn't be surprised if they shocked us. It's him going into all these other realities that they took the stones from and trying to fix things. Cause maybe something fucking went wrong. Cause Chris Evans didn't return it properly or something like what if that happens? I mean, maybe I, it'll be interesting to see how this ends because this will, they've already said directly ties into that movie. Yeah. So however they end this, whatever direction they take, I think we're going to have a really good idea of what's going to be happening in Dr. Strange. Yeah. Which is another reason I feel like there's someone working with Ag- Ag- uh, Agatha, mm-hmm. because that's going to be the villain for Doctor Strange. Well, there's already the one guy who's going to be who's already confirmed as a cast, and he's going to be a villain in some capacity. The one sorcerer who was killing all the other sorcerers. Oh, um, Caecilius? Kais- no, I think that, that was, was the, the other bad guy. guy. No, he was a good guy. Yeah, and then he switched. Yeah, and he killed that that dude who was paralyzed, and then walked and played basketball. Yeah. Because he's trying to kill all the sorcerers or whatever. Yeah. So he's going to be a bad guy in some capacity. I feel like he's going to be like the claw of like Black Panther. Okay, yeah. Like the mini boss. Yeah. So we'll see what they do with that. Um, I don't know. I think we're going to get that flashback episode. It might be like a little bit longer than this one. Maybe 42 minutes-ish. And then I wouldn't be surprised if episode 9 is like, instead of doing like two one-hour episodes, they just make episode 9 like a movie. Hour 20. Yeah. Small, short movie. I can see it. I like it. Or they'll both be 30 minutes. <laughs> and it's just fuck you guys. Yeah. I'm going to be pissed. I the show's d- been great so far, but if they don't pay off these things, yeah. it's not going to be as good. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm not going to assume that that's what's going to happen yet. I, I, like I said, I give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. They've been great to this point. I hope that they pay this off the right way. Yeah. I'm going to be excited. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm less excited than I was in recent weeks, though. I'll be honest. This this really kind of hampered it a little. Yeah. But with the comments about the aerospace engineer and so another <laughs> Paul Bettany is like another big reveal, whether that's 
that character or another person. I'm just hoping it works out good. What if it's like so? What if it's like a lesser character like Blue Marvel, but they just got a huge name actor to Will play Smith. it. Yeah, and that's why it's like, oh my god, that's a uh, Mark. Because there has not been that Mark Hamill level cameo they're talking about. No, not at all. That the quote was. Who even made that quote? So uh, it was Elizabeth Olsen, and what people were saying is. They asked her, is there another big cameo like Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian? Oh. And she said, yeah. Oh. She did not say there's a Luke Skywalker <laughs> cameo. I, I, I did some digging. <laughs> and people have ran with that because she said yes. But would she have said that for Evan Peters? No. Well, and that's why Paul Bettany said Evan Peters is not the big surprise. Paul Bettany clearly stated that. And there's no way they'd be hyping up Doctor fucking Strange this much. No. Well, I think he said not strange yeah. either. He said it's someone I wanted to work with my whole life. Um, people are saying maybe Al Pacino. Why the fuck would Al Pacino be in this? <laughs> I have no fucking clue. They said he would be like Mephisto or something. He's played the devil in another movie. No, they are not. Al Pacino's too <laughs> old, dude. They're not casting the next potential, the TV show Big Bad. That was 90% a joke. Um, but he said someone I've wanted to work with my whole life. I feel like people are overthinking that. You know who'd be a great Mephisto? Who? Nick Cage. No. He's already halfway there. He was Ghost Rider. There was a Mephisto in that movie. Was there? Yeah, it was the devil kid villain was actually Mephisto. Oh, Might have actually been the old man who gave him his powers. I don't, that's how Ghost Rider becomes Ghost Rider, as he makes a deal with the quote-unquote devil. It's Are Mephisto. they going to bring Ghost Rider in the MCU? So this is another issue is that book or whatever that's in um, the basement. Yeah. They think what it is is something that they've already done a storyline for in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Which already Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canon? That's what they don't know, because Ghost Rider has already been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I feel like with that show, like, they intended for it to be canon, but then it didn't stick like they thought it was going to be, and it wasn't as popular. And they're just going to be like, yeah, you know, whatever. I've heard it's good, but it's just, it's ABC show budget. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not the other stuff, you know? Yeah. Even the Netflix shows, like, they're a little bit more than that, budget-wise. Yeah. Um. So I, no one really knows. Like, obviously, it's got the Phil character, uh, Agent Coulson, mm-hmm. who's in the Avengers and was in Captain Marvel. Yeah. And so it, they don't know if it's canon or not, technically, or if they're just going to be like, yeah, sort of, kind of, not really moving on. They don't even have to address it. I didn't see those shows. I'm not going to complain about it. And I think majority haven't, but there is a group that has. What if the reveal is multiverse, Nick Cage as Ghost Rider? Be cool. I would rather Ty, I would rather have Nick Cage as Ghost Rider than John Krasinski as Reed Richards show up. Okay. <laughs> I love Nick Cage. I, I, I would rather have Reed Richards than Ghost Rider. I just don't think Reed – I don't know if they'll bring Reed Richards in on a show like this when the movie's already announced. That's the reason to do it because the movie's already announced. He's expected to be teased in Ant-Man in some capacity too. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. I don't know. I'm, I didn't like this episode as much as some of the others. It's probably bottom three for me. Oh, I did a ranking. Did you see my ranking? I didn't. <laughs> I tweeted it last night. Let me read you my, my episode ranking for WandaVision so far. Uh, Wandavi- hashtag WandaVision episode power ranking. Number one, episode five. Okay, I'm With Evan Peters you're at the end. you confuse me. Okay. Number two. I actually went with episode six. I really like the Halloween episode. Spooktacular. Number three, episode three. Now in color, 70s. 
which was the babies being born and Vision really starting to question things at first. And that's when we really started speculating things, and it was really fun. Yeah. Four. That was when that was when Agnes was like, "You want me to do the skin?" Yeah. Yeah. Four episode four. We interrupt this program. All outside. The no, house. that was when Agnes said, "Do you want me to do this again?" Because the babies were already born. Episode four. Because she said that no, when I, the babies yeah, were right. born. No, I think that was. Which one was or the was episode five? Might have been episode five. It was episode five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number five, episode seven. Oh, that was this one. Six, episode two, seven, episode one. What? Why no love for episode two? It was just compared to all the other ones. I mean, it just wasn't. There's a reason they released episode one and two together. Yeah, because they're fifties and sixties, and they just were whatever. I liked episode two the most of the sitcoms. Not like the outside of sitcom stuff, but in terms of just the sitcom aspect of it, it was my favorite. Yeah, I don't give a shit about 60 sitcoms. Well, I was sitting there, and I'm enjoying this movie or the show for everything it offered, Jay. What's there between a 60 sitcom and a 50 sitcom? I did, I just not that. I just like the story more. I like the humor. It was funny. I like the magic show, okay? Maybe I'm a magic guy. Are you a magic guy? Yeah, maybe I like magic. All right, Phil's Jay. piano. His grandma gave him that. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot they could do. Well, only two episodes. They don't have a lot of time. We'll two episodes, but they're expected to be longer. Hopefully, they better fucking be Marvel. Hey, Ty, you want to make a pact that next week we're going to wait to watch WandaVision until we get to Phoenix together and watch it together? No. Why? Oh, dude, we're leaving early Friday. I can't stay up till midnight. Well, if we leave at, like, I don't know, 9 o'clock. Yeah, no, we'll figure it out. I'm volunteering at a vaccination clinic that day. Are you? Mm-hmm. From 3.15 to like 10. J- just for what? There's uh, some word around the street. from I got a little insider that told me um, if you volunteer at these vaccination clinics, they put you on the list to uh, get the shot when it becomes like readily available oh. before other people. Thanks for letting me know, Jay. Well, now you know. That's right. I don't believe in vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone, I, someone I know know someone who already got the vaccine shot because they volunteered dang they just got their shot like at the end like of the ship like worker well they just had like extra shots that they had to use just like like that they're gonna throw them out back i think so because i think you you have to store them at a certain temperature and they only last like so long or some bullshit like that i take an expired vaccine <laughs> shoot me up um <laughs> yeah so wandavision we got to get in nomad land but first i can't remember if you're doing it or not still I don't want to leave too much of a gap because I'm don't know how to use this and I'm going to struggle. I don't really know how to put our intro in there. I, I'm going to struggle because you could do all that stuff in audition too. Like I could have edited the podcast in audition. I just never knew how to. Oh yeah, you always use GarageBand or whatever. No, I would use Premiere Pro. Oh yeah, yeah Premiere yeah. Pro. That's funny. I'll help you figure it out. I don't need your fucking help. Yeah, you do because you're a Jason. I can't figure this out. <laughs> sorry admittedly didn't take notes for this movie i didn't either and i admittedly was like 70 percent paying attention i'm okay with that <laughs> i was also working on some things yeah yeah was what it was i don't there's no way so you're saying you gave it less love than me i feel like there's no way you could give it less than five points than what i gave it Without, like, absolutely disrespecting it. I feel like we're probably going to be, like, one point apart. 
Maybe not, though. Do you have your synopsis up? I did. There it is. Just start whenever. All right, Jay. Nomadland. Uh, HBO release. Hulu. Hulu release. That's what I meant. It's okay. an H. Don't you said. After losing everything in the Great Recession, a woman embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Director, Chloe Zhao. Um, you may know her from works such as The Writer and Songs My Brother Taught. Oh, and she's directing Eternals. I actually didn't know that. Is she really? Yeah. That's weird. Like, it's just weird to go from a movie like this to Eternals. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally just bullshitting you might know her from. I thought she was just an indie filmmaker who had nothing else out. <laughs> and little do we know she's directing the next big Marvel movie. Um, so, yes, this is an indie movie. Like I mentioned before, you know, at the start of the pod, what it's won a lot of awards. We talked about it last week. Just countless indie awards. Um, you know, IndieWire's poll of 231 critics included Nomadland in its best movies of 2020. Um, the film was ranked the best of 2020 by critics more often than any other film, according to Metacritic. So it's getting a lot of love. Uh, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, 291 reviews on this Wikipedia article, according to this Wikipedia article. 8.9 out of 10. Um, a lot of love. Probably going to be an Oscar nominee. Not that much competition, but it doesn't take away from it. Yeah. I don't want to be mean. Um, How many Oscar noms do you got, Jay? Zero. Exactly. So we had to watch it, and it was better than Sonic. Actually, would Sonic have gotten a higher score than this movie, Ty? I've seen Sonic. It might have been close. Really? Probably not. Well, have we? did we review Pikachu? No, we didn't review Detective Pikachu. No. We're going to say that should be like a, like a benchmark. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, like you mentioned, you know, reading the synopsis, it just follows this girl. What's her name again? Um, do they ever even say her name? Yes, they do. Fern, that's right. Yeah, Fern. So she just lives in a van. She goes from site to site. Um, you kind of start again spoilers you kind of start the movie and she's at this one place and she works at amazon during the christmas time and she has to leave and then she goes like from site to site to site and then it circles full circle at the end of the movie she's working at amazon again it's a whole new year she celebrates the new year and then she like you know kind of circles back doing what she does um just kind of like her just living her life running into different nomads learning about them learning about their lives. You learn about some stuff with her family. She goes to her sister's house, borrows some money because her van's acting up. Um, yeah. It's it's just what it – it's literally a year in her life. Pretty much. Um, and it just shows a year of being a nomad. And they aren't very – they don't kind of tell you when the time jumps happen. Yeah. It's just she has a new job, and you can only assume that a few months later. Yeah. Um, interesting thing is she's, like, the only actor – Mm-hmm. Everyone else was like real nomads or something that they got to like do. Like every other person on IMDb, their name is their character's name. Yeah. No, they're actual nomads. Yeah. Um. So like when she's in the big meeting, like those are actual people probably telling actual stories. Yeah. Of their lives and stuff and why they are now nomads. Yeah. And I think this movie was kind of to shine a light on people who live this kind of lifestyle. Yep. Um. Which was interesting. I didn't. I didn't mind that part of it. It was cool to kind of see that. Um, see these real stories and kind of just how people like this live. Because um, mm-hmm. most people just are like, oh, they're homeless. Like, But some people, it's a choice. Like, yeah, This is what they want to do, and they travel and see things, and 
It was an interesting movie. Yeah, um, some people may be asking, what is a nomad, Ty? Do you have the – I have the synopsis in the movie. Do you have a synopsis of a nomad? I was pulling it up, but now my laptop's being dumb and um, not loading. Hopefully it's not freezing our recording. It's not. Uh, nomad, a member of a people having no permanent abode and who travel from place to place to find fresh pastures for their livestock. Livestock? I think that's like the like the original. <laughs> Similar, a person who does not stay long in the same place, a wanderer. Dolly was a nomad who had finally taken root in Hawaii. If she took root, she's not a nomad, Google. I would love to be a nomad in Hawaii. I, w- I would be a nomad in Hawaii. I would live in a van if it included <laughs> living in Hawaii. You know what I did during this movie? What? I was looking at Zillow at Hawaii <laughs> apartments because they mentioned Hawaii. I was like, what if me, Ty, Riley, and Victoria just moved into like a Hawaii apartment for like a year? My grandpa, said, fuck it. my grandpa almost got a job there, and I told him if he got a job there, I would live in his fucking garage. <laughs> and me and Victoria were like, yeah, we'll find work. <laughs> Let's go live in an apartment in Hawaii for a year, Ty. Let's and do come it. Back. Just have, a, have an experience. My job's... I mean, ideally... I don't need to find a job. We probably should have just done that this year. Yeah. It would have been optimal. Yeah. Just go live there in quarantine on a beautiful island. Yeah. But I'm down. You know how much of a bitch you'd be to move all your stuff to Hawaii? That'd cost so much. That's what I was thinking about. I was like, that'd be a great so idea. Like, we could afford rent. Like, it's not too bad. I was looking at it, and then I was like, what about all our shit? I think I could just... We could just leave this apartment fully furnished. And just come back to it. It's just like a year vacation. But we're just living there. I, I mean, I would have to get like a storage thing for our stuff. There's no chance I'm paying to ship my couch. <laughs> I just get another couch. <laughs> um, plot slash story, Ty. What did you give Nomadland? <laughs> so, like we were saying, it's kind of just a year in the life. Yeah. It's not some cinematic storytelling masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it... A 13. Okay. And I'm not even very confident on that. Well, I gave it a 14. Okay. Tell me why. Because it was a very uneventful year in your life thing that they kind of turned into a movie and kept it at least somewhat interesting and flowed well and everything. And um, I think this this category ties into the key elements a little bit, so it probably gets a little bit of rub of that. But to accomplish the things they were trying to accomplish, they had to kind of knock two things out of the park well you didn't have to knock them out of the park but they had to have a good plot and make you feel like you're really in it or whatever and make it feel real not make it feel forced and fake and everything and then they also had to set up the environments and that's with visual slash slash cinematography so i almost feel like these two scores add up to a collective one in key elements because this isn't a comedy this isn't uh you know what i mean so for that reason i gave it a 14 wasn't fantastic, but it wasn't bad. There's obviously like no plot holes or anything. Yeah, there definitely. isn't really a place for that. Um, it had some, you know, it had some character growth. Her kind of learning to be, you know, accepting and, you know, talking about her husband's death and she ends up revisiting the place where she died and everything and kind of those things. So, it, it was what it was. I thought it was fine. Yeah, and I don't like this kind of movie would have felt fake if it had this incredible story yeah. and something crazy happens and this twist and, and that's why i almost give it points for not being this over the top which i can't give it more than 14 but and i think maybe i gave it love in another category mm-hmm. for the lack of story yeah um I, it's just you know 13 for me was it was exactly what it needed to be to make this movie believable this type of movie yeah it's exactly as much story as it needed um everything made sense where she was 
you know, it made sense that she was going from here to here. Like she lost her job at Amazon and then, you know, cause she was seasonal or whatever. Yeah. And then she's like, well, I can't afford it. Guess I am going to go here yeah. and meet these people. And then she meets these people and does stuff with these people and makes friends and stuff. Like the story was everything it needed to be. Yeah. But I can't give it much more than what it got because yeah. it's, it's kind of the type of movie limits that. I agree completely. Um, but visuals and cinematography, what'd you give it? 18. 17. Uh, this movie won a lot of visuals awards, or cinematography awards, not visual awards, in these film festivals. And it was really well shot. I mean, the um, just the, the settings, the environment, the... I, I don't want to say... What's the word? The sets? The what? scene. No, I know what you're saying. I can't think of it. I can't think of it either, I but that setting. wasn't... That wasn't what this movie was, but usually with a traditional movie, you would say, like, the whatever. Um, they just did a great job of making everything feel real, and some of it probably was, like, let's go in the middle of the desert and get a bunch of vans and RVs and film with the stabilized camera and kind of create this environment, and they did that. Um, you could tell it was made by an indie filmmaker, you know, appreciating the art. Uh, some of the shots and just times to be dark when it needed to be dark, times to be light when it needed to be light, the shots inside of the van, um... It, it was just it was a well shot movie, I thought. Yeah, I think the up close stuff in the van was fantastic, um, mm-hmm. especially certain shots like you were saying at night or whatever, where it's just her and like it kind of created what that lifestyle is, like yeah. this dark, lonely setting. You felt like, like you were there with her, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, I loved some of the shots like on the fucking ocean. There's one as the sun sets and they're driving along mm-hmm. like the coast. It looks beautiful. Um, there's the one where she's walking and the waves are crashing in the rocks and shit. Like it, it's breathtaking. I would assume at. it's all real too. I don't know if they probably did much. No, yeah, absolutely. Like they actually drove to these places yes. and filmed this. So and and I think I you can tell. Like it yeah. feels like a real place and it's it's very authentic. Yeah. Um, she went and saw the redwoods, I believe, mm-hmm. and like the big trees and stuff, and just the shots of that and everything looked fantastic. There's no visual like it's not like a CGI computer heavy thing. It's Super, super, super authentic mm-hmm. and well shot, and it, it was a beautiful movie to watch Yeah, in terms of that. It absolutely was. This and is a movie I would watch in my film class, probably. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely could see that. Which, not to brag, I've taken a college-level film class, Ty. Uh, high school. High school. Uh, I also took that class, too. Oh, <laughs> video productions. <Yeah. laughs> um, but it was just gorgeous to look at, and, and part of the thing, part of the allure of Nomad is traveling and seeing things. Yeah. And that was... You saw those things with her in this movie. Exactly. And and you felt the beauty of the different landscapes and the different areas. And you also felt the vulnerable moments Yeah. of being a nomad. Yeah. And not having money and being in, having a shit in a bucket. Yep. Scene of her pooping. In a bucket. Scene of her floating down the river naked. That's why I gave it 18 instead of 17. <laughs> so unnecessary. <laughs> the most unnecessary nudity scene I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, but it's authentic. Yeah. I'll give it that. Yep. Um, but, it, you know... It, it was shot really, really, really well. Yeah. Um, it's not over-the-top tar- ar- over artistic. It's authentic artistic. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. I agree. Yeah, because there's some movies where I had to watch them for my class where it's like they're very intentionally making a scene to be artistic. And it's like, okay, it's cool, but at some point it's just kind of like annoying to watch. Yeah. And I think of a movie that could probably get a similar score to this, like La La Land, where it's incredible use of color and yeah. shit going on. And it's very not authentic for a reason. Yeah. Um, this complete opposite, but mm-hmm. still good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Key elements, though, Jay. I think this is why it's winning a lot of awards. I gave it a 20. I agree. A I also gave it a 20. Perfect score. Perfect score. It's it's hard to get, but 
you're right. This is why it's winning awards. It doesn't mean you have to love the key elements or anything. It's just, did this movie accomplish what it was trying to do? Yes. I didn't know what nomads were, and now I feel like I know what nomads were. And I feel like I lived with one, and she wasn't actually a nomad. And yes, there were actual nomads that were in the movies, but the use of and lack thereof plot, but plot where you needed it and these kind of relationships she created with people and the way it was filmed and the way it was paced and just everything going on and kind of it, it just it felt like a like a documentary almost yeah but it wasn't and it was better than a documentary because documentary i feel like wouldn't have had some of this you wouldn't have been able to be as create some of these moments with the documentary because you can't change what's actually happening you know with this mm -hmm. you have a little bit more leeway um and it was exactly what it wanted to be yeah and you know some people you may not like comedies you may not like drama movies. You may not like action movies. You may not like this type of movie. Yeah. But for what it was trying to be, it was perfectly done. Yeah. Um, you felt like you were with this woman. You learned this lifestyle. Yeah. Um, like you were saying, the little plot things in the relationships where, you know, the people, the what is it, the real estate agents or whatever at her sister's house, like how they frown on this lifestyle and stuff and look yeah. down on it. Um, you know, and and just the people around the campfire telling their different stories and stuff. And it was exactly what this movie – they they tried to achieve a goal. Like, they set a benchmark they wanted to reach for this movie, and they hit it perfectly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's your cup of tea, whether everything else, this is exactly what they were trying to do. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly, Ty. Perfect 20. They're, that's rare. <laughs> we don't give out 20s. And we both gave it a 20. Which it's very deserving of. I agree. With that being said, character score. This is a hard category for me. This was the hardest one that I went back and forth on. Because on one hand, you can't create these key elements without a authentic performance from the lead actress. But at the same time, it's not like she was going above and beyond with certain things. But then at the same time, maybe she was. You know, you don't I don't know how hard it would be to pretend to be a nomad. Obviously, some of these other people were actual nomads. I mean, they, you wouldn't really know it. They did just fine with what they did. Um, obviously, some of the extra characters, like the mechanics and her sister and all that, were probably also actors. Yeah. Um, I'm going back and forth on this. Well, I'll tell you. I, I gave it a 15. I gave it a 12. Oh, geez. Okay. I just – there was nothing incredibly acting about it. Yeah. But everything was authentic and real for what it was trying to be. Yeah. So, it, just 12, kind of middle of the road. It was exactly what it needed to be. None of these people are going to be nominated for an acting. I think award. the main girl might get a little bit of buzz. Really? I think she got she got some nominees. She got a lot of nominees in like the indie film festivals. I Chicago Films Critics Association. She won. Wow. Uh, I I Florida did film not. Film circle. I she won. Truly did not expect that. I think it's just because it felt very authentic the way she did it, and you would almost think that she was an actual nomad. I guess, yeah. It's it's very hard with this kind of movie. Yeah. Where there's, like, one actor, and everyone yeah. else is just who they are. The people around the campfire telling stories and stuff, that, like, is recorded on your phone. It's just actual people sitting around the campfire telling stories. Yeah. And I, I guess kind of going back on my score, the goal of acting is to be authentic as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Everything felt authentic. I... She got nominated for um, Gold Golden Globe Best Actress. That surprises the fuck out of me. It well, really does. The movie also got nominated for um, Best Picture Drama category for the Golden Globes. I, I'll bump it up one. I'll give it a 13. Okay. 
it's just so hard for me to give more when Screen Actors Guild Awards outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role. There's no story. Nominee. There's no big moments and stories and and incredible acting performances and monologues like we just watched um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. That was incredible acting. Yeah. That was you know moments where you felt you felt the intensity of what you were watching on screen. Yeah. There was none of that in this. It was just very authentic. Just a different way of acting, I think. I thought she was really good. That's why I gave it a 15. I just thought there wasn't much besides her. Um, I thought she was as authentic, and she did pretty, like, I think a perfect job for what they needed her to do. So, yeah, nothing ever seemed fake. Nothing ever seemed like, you know, like she was acting. You could have told me she was also a nomad, and this was a documentary, and I would have believed it. Um, again, sometimes there are performances where there's more that you're doing on top of it. And that's why there's still five points of leeway with what I gave. Um, like, a you know, walking Phoenix's Joker, for example, like that's probably harder to do than this. Mm-hmm. Um, but for what they needed to do and what she did, I thought she was, you know, pretty good. I don't disagree. I think I'm giving it less love than you are, but I'm, I'm have the same <laughs> mindset as you. Um, it'll be interesting to see if she gets uh, nominated for an Academy award. I mean, if she get nominated for a golden globe, probably Academy award granted less movies this year. So, yeah, and and obviously we're not actors, so who knows? This could be extremely hard. Yeah, to be like, like I look at this and I think like I could probably act like this. Like this is just, <laughs> this is I would just. I love to see you act like a nomad. But I'm saying like this is just like they're just being people. There's no emotional, hard acting, faking stuff going on. You're just existing. Like I feel like if you just like go about your day and forget the cameras there for a second. That's all you have to do. We should do a YouTube video where we try to like act out scenes. We should just be nomads. Okay. And we're record to go it. to Arizona next week and then just live on the road after that. Don't come back. Yeah. We'll just spend six months to get back to California. Okay. Maurice is going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> forget about us. <laughs> Enjoyment. Final score. What'd you give it? After everything I said, this might be a shocker. I gave it an 11. I gave it a 13. Um, I Again, this is the completely subjective part of this film review. And the way I thought of this, because I thought of a headline to an article that I won't write. I'm not going to say I'm going to write an article and not write it like Ty. I'm just going to say first that Whoa, I'm bro. not going to write it. <laughs> Whoa, bro. I had writer's block, okay? <laughs> um, I The way I feel about No Man Land, and this is summed up in one sentence. It's a film that can be hard to love. But it's impossible not to respect it. Okay. Hard to love. Impossible not to respect it. I respect the cinema of it. I respect the acting. I respect what they did with the plot, even if there could have been more to it. But I respect the decision, you know, and everything else. But at the end of the day, in terms of my personal, just what I like, I am not into these type of movies, um, you know, and if you're in a certain mood, I mean, 11 not a bad. I have it in my probably would not sit through again, but it caught my attention at points. I wouldn't go around recommending this to a lot of people, you know, unless I know someone who just is a film has like a kick for these kind of movies. But even like Riley, who likes movies, I wouldn't recommend this to her, um, which is kind of unfair to the movie because I do want people to see how well made it's well made it is. But, you know, like Martin Scorsese says, you know, cinema's just not the same anymore, Ty. <laughs> a lot of people don't have – aren't it's looking true. for movies like this. After we just spent more time talking about WandaVision than this movie. <laughs> but that's what movies are. Movies yeah. are escapism. And, yes, they are an art, and there's a place for this. But you can't hate people for also liking the escapism, and that is also art in its own regard. Um, but you can also make a really well-made movie like this. 
but also have it be like a, I'd look at a movie like Peanut Butter Falcon, which is a independently made movie that's like a really well made movie like this, but also has like this heartwarming kind of Mark Twain type of story along with it that would bump the enjoyment up. Um, I I just that's the kind of stuff I like, so I gave it an eleven. I know it's kind of harsh, but it's just how I feel. Yeah, and I honestly I changed my enjoyment scale. After watching this movie. Really? <laughs> because this is a movie that no one in their fucking right mind is going to want to rewatch. Yeah. But that's not necessarily fair to certain type of movies. Yeah. Um, obviously, some movies are meant to be a one-time experience and watch it. Yeah. And sure, you can rewatch it, but it's not meant to be an enjoyable, fun, let's throw it on and watch it. Yeah. And so, you know, I gave it a 13 because it is good. It's a good movie to see. And like you said, to just to see the artwork in it. And how it's shot and everything. But 13 is all I can give it because it's not for me. This yeah. is not my type of movie. Yeah. And I look at it and I compare it to, obviously, it's getting best picture to Buzz. Yeah. This is not as good of a movie as Parasite. Yeah. And certain things like that. And maybe, like I said, maybe that's I just. I don't think this will win, though. Probably not. It's one of those. But there's probably, I don't know, last year I'd have to look. But there was probably an artsy movie in there that might not have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, for sure. But I just look at movies like this where, yeah, you're doing exactly what you want to achieve. There's other movies that do exactly what they want to achieve that have a whole lot more sprinkled on top. Yeah. Like, I look at Parasite, and it would have got a 20 on key elements, but it also would have got, like, an 18, 19 on plot slash story and, like, a fucking 17-plus on cinematography as well, and the characters would have been high yeah, 17s-plus. And enjoyment was, I mean, I've watched that movie twice but that well, that's one of those movies where like that first watch is just incredible to see. Yeah. And so it can get those higher scores while also achieving its goal. Last year there wasn't like an RT movie like this. Once upon a time in Hollywood best picture nom feels undeserved though. A lot of people really fucking liked it. I didn't. Oh, there we go. <laughs> a Star is Born. What? I just <laughs> never seen that. I'm just said that cuz I know um maybe from 2 years ago Roma I know that ended that up winning. won it, right? Yeah, but... And that was, uh, I believe, a foreign-made yeah. film. That might have been an artsy movie. I didn't see it. Um, the Favorite. Maybe no that, fucking clue. That looks like an artsy movie. Um, and usually, though, independent movies don't... I don't know how many. I don't have the number in front of me, but like, I feel like they don't normally get Best Picture Buzz. This is just such a weird name. Or such a weird name. Such a weird um, year Yeah. with movies. That's probably fair. Um, like, you know, three years ago, 2017 or 90th, whatever year that was three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. That feels like a movie like this. Probably. Okay. <laughs> I didn't watch it, but that just feels like it. I, I don't know. It's so, you know, all of this comes down to a, a not so great score. Um, I, I gave it, you know, it's a 75 for me. I don't know what yours finished at. Did you wait? How is it a 75? You gave it a 13, 17. 13, right? 17, 20, oh, maybe 76. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. I gave it a 78. 13, 17, 20, 13, 13. So I gave it a 76. You gave it a what? 78. But, I mean, that's – you look at the enjoyment. If this is – if this is an 18 enjoyment, this is an 85 and an 83, or 85 and whatever yours is. This is 85 for me if I have an 18 enjoyment. That's a really high score on our scale. You yeah. know, and it just comes down to this movie not being the type of movie for me. And, yes, we give movies like Soul and Captain America Civil War and, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yes, we give these movies high scores, but that's just kind of movies we like. Anchorman, <laughs> um, 
But we also give movies like Jojo Rabbit and 1970. I mean, 1970 is our second highest rated movie. I don't even like war movies. I I couldn't stand them, quite frankly. So I know so little about war movies. I thought Save it Pri- Saving Private Ryan was about the Iraq War. <laughs> I, I, it's just, but you can do this kind of stuff and add the other stuff with it. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I, you know, obviously this is a weird year. And this is a Best Picture nominee that is ranked 23rd out of our 50 movies. Yeah. So you look at that and you think, wow, that's weird. But it's the key elements is the reason this is getting nomination because it nailed that. Yeah. I just think there's other movies where maybe they aren't viewed as perfectly artsy type things like this. But there's other movies that deserve more, more, more love, more credit. Yeah. Because they can do so much more with them. I just can't think of any this year, really. This year, you're probably right. I don't think I've seen one this year. Judas and the Black Messiah, I don't know if that's up there. Um, I like what that movie did. I like the acting aspect of that movie. I feel like the difference between that and this movie is that enjoyment because it's about a six-point difference, and that's probably about how much the enjoyment was difference-wise, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, Palm Springs got even a higher score from this year. Soul did. Onward did. Um, so it's not up there and it's, it's, I don't know. Rise of Skywalker being, having a higher score than this. That's criminal. Well, yeah, that's just on us. We've discussed <laughs> that that's way too high. Rise of Skywalker should be like in the 50s, 60s. But it's fitting where it's right around devil all the time. And, um, for me personally, it fell in between devil all the time and prisoners. And I feel like that was just a perfect placement for it. Cause those also feel like kind of well-made movies, but it just a little bit more. Yeah. I respect it. I respect it. Why is Good Boy say it's 17th, but it's – oh, did you sort by your score? I sorted by mine to see where it falls on mine. Um, it's right in between – we'll ignore Rise of Skywalker. Good Boys, Prisoners, Project Power, uh, <laughs> Jingle Jangle, Devil All the Time. It's right in the middle of those. So that – I mean, it's – it's And it's the enjoyment. It's our enjoyment category. Maybe we should – should we change our scale? I, I refuse to. Make our enjoyment not as heavy? Because I think – more no, it's people, subjective to us, though, yeah. I think more people would enjoy Project Power than they would No Man Land. Yeah. And no, yeah. My dad would not. My dad would be like, what the fuck did you just tell me to watch, Jason? That's what I'm saying. And obviously, yeah. it's crazy to see a Best Picture winner next to Project Power <laughs> or a nominated film, you know? Like, that. that's crazy. Yeah. But that's the thing is, like, some of these artsy films are, they're too artsy. Like, cinema is escapism. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. That's why I'm okay with it having a 77. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But it is above our line. Above the line. <laughs> what is that line? <laughs> 75 or higher. It's two points. Just like Rotten Tomatoes. That's certified fresh for us. It's above the line. If you were below a 60, or should we move it from 60 because we don't want to just outright copy Rotten Tomatoes? Should we just make it 50? Just be nice? I mean, <laughs> if that's the case, we only have... Okay, we'll make it 60. Eight movies, not We'll above make it the line? 60. From 60 to 74. Wait, what is what is above the line, which is certified fresh, is 75 or higher. What's Rotten Tomatoes? Also 75. Should we make it 80? Let's do 80. Okay, if you're 80 or above, you are above the line. Good boys? Those are must-watch movies. On the line. I think anything 80 or above must-watch. Yeah, I would agree with that. But 78, you get to like Enola Holmes, Hustlers... I think most people enjoy Hustlers for reasons, but um, <laughs> anything below that, maybe maybe you will, it's, maybe you won't. Well, those movies are within the lines. 
anything from 79 and a half to, we'll say, 60. Okay. Those movies are within the lines. Or should we should we do like 79 and a half to like 65? 65 feels like a good cutoff because the prom is 63 and a half. We don't want that to be included. Um, so 65 to 79 and a half is considered within the lines. Yep. What that means, I don't know. <laughs> we haven't come up with a definition for that. It's good. It's not bad, but it's not must watch. There's a there's a crowd for it. Yes. And then anything below 64 and lower is below the line. Now, Jason, which Stuber is below the line? I gave it a 70. You gave it a 56. <laughs> Hubie Halloween is also below the line. I gave it a 71. You gave it a 43. That's all right. I'm going to be honest, Ty. Hand up. I rewatched Stuber a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Not as funny as I remember it. That's fair. I'm glad you're finally there. But now go ahead and go rewatch Hubie. No, Hubie was funny. <laughs> Stuber, I was in Boston the greatest two weeks of my life. I'm just going to be sad and say it. I peaked those two <laughs> weeks so far in my life. It's all downhill from there. Riley was knocked out of sleep next to me, but on the other side of me was a nice couple, probably on their second or third date, laughing at every single joke. And when you got a couple – a stargazed couple that was our age. It's not like I was like like it was younger kids. And I was like, oh look at them, like our age, just laughing at everything. You laugh with them. It's true. It's Laughter's great. Laughter contagious or contagious. Confectious. What the infectious contagious. Oh, there you go. It's contagious, and it made everything that much funnier because there was you know he was an African American gentleman and he would just erupt in laughter. That's funny. Like it was just it was it was amazing. So, sixty five, seventy nine and a half within the lines. Eighty and above must watch above the lines. 64 and a half and below, below the lines. Should we have like a bottom tier? Just a super bad 25 and below drop dead Fred to the last airbender. <laughs> 25 feels like a good cutoff for but shit. What movies. is the, that's where we draw the line. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, right. Riley's going to be pissed that drop dead Fred is the first movie we draw the line on. <laughs> I draw the line. That's where I draw the line. Just don't watch it. I can't offer this to anyone. I, there's a point where I have to draw the line, and it's right there. Like Mulan, yeah, you could give it to like a little kid who likes those kind of movies. Drop Dead Fred's where I draw the line. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now, Jason. Yes. We have done officially 50 movies on our patent-pending movie scale. Yeah. You know, different movies all the way. We got Witches. We got Eurovision. We got On the Rocks. Hamilton. Anchorman. Yeah. 50 movies. Some are saying we're a little too we're a little too nice with our scale, Jay. Okay. By some, I guess just me. I don't know. I looked at our average score. You average a sixty nine point five, right below above the line, which is perfect. Right below above. Oh no, above the line's eighty, not seventy. Never mind. You're not even within the lines. No, I, well, I am within the lines. Oh. Because <laughs> above the line is eighty and above. But my brain, I thought it was 70 and above. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. Literally anything above my average score is above the line. But no, above the line is 80 and above. Some are saying. We're just a little too nice. You would think if our scale is perfect, that would be a 50. But if we go over to the true value of what a 69.5 is. <laughs> let's look at it. It's like a 64-ish. 66-ish. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think we're just too nice. I think we got to start being hard on these movies. I also think we may need to go back and fix Rise of Skywalker and... You already um, fixed Birds of Prey. 
Jedi fix Birds of Prey? You you went back and you changed your That's good. 82.5. That feels better. You gave it an 88. 84 Originally. is much much better. There's a huge difference between those four. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like we haven't given too many movies that high. It's just we scroll down pretty far. Our, our 29th movies in the 70s. We watch good movies. But like a 71, that's like a C-. minus. So we're just on like the high school score? Like if you're, if you're passing like... But that's barely within we're in the, the lines. We're in the college score system. 70 above is passing. Well, if you look at it, DNF 30, bad. 33 of the 50 movies we've watched are at least above. They're not below the line. <laughs> okay. So that means that 17. So 34% of movies we watched are below the line. I feel like that's a fair number. We watch good movies. Sorry. It's true. I do like good movies. You know, like, and if you look like. All the bad movies are movies that we've – because before we would just do movie reviews on movies we liked. I mean, and it wasn't until recently where we started – like Project Power, I feel like maybe a little bit before that was the start of us actually reviewing movies like weekly around that time. Um, but we really started committing to like watching new movies and reviewing them, not just reviewing movies we liked. Like Witches, like The Prom. Well, Witches actually does, isn't below the line. It's right there. Hmm. Um, it is the line. American Pickle, Wonder Woman, The Little Things, Hubie Halloween, Freebirds was a bad movie review, On the Rocks, that was new, Super Intelligence, new movie, Bliss, new movie, but like, those are all new movies we've watched. Okay. So maybe we just gotta, we just, once we hit 100, our average will be around 50. I don't think it needs to be around 50. Okay. I don't want my average score to be 50. I just, if our scale is authentic. But you're not giving out zeros. But we're not giving out 20s. I think you should look at the quote unquote true value for that, which means if you want Maybe to be I just exactly adjust a true 50, value. it's got to be 57. QB Halloween. It's an average movie. But even with that, then true value 71. <laughs> and I stand by it. True value. We only have 10 movies that are below average. Then I, I, I got my lines. I established my lines. That's what I'm just going to go off of for now on. That's fair. Jay. Where do you think our uh, next week's movie is going to fall? What's next week's movie? Next week, Jay. Thanks for asking. I'm sure everyone at home is also wondering. Um, I closed it out, though, so let me open this up. Next week's movie, Jay, none other than the cat and mouse themselves, Tom and Jerry. Oh, God, that's going to get like a 42. Uh, HBO Max, it comes out on February 26th. Um, now, obviously, not everyone's going to want to watch Tom and Jerry. No. What I will say is that if there is a theater near you um cherry i believe comes out the same week only in theaters though for a few more weeks we will be reviewing that on our comes on the streaming right yeah on our march 14th episode so if you want to watch a movie next week and you're not feeling tom and jerry go watch cherry we'll have an episode out for it once it hits apple tv yeah um but tom and jerry is out it's that pesky that pesky mouse jerry and that clever that clever cat tom and that one actress I actually really like. I think she's a good actress. Um, I she's I younger. Was unaware. She's she's um she's in like a a funny movie. Oh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, what she's in a funny she's movie. In Kickass. That's not what I'm thinking of. Um, she's in Greta. If I stay, that's not funny. I think that's. I think I'm sad. mistaking her with someone else. I think you are. I think I'm mistaking her with the girl from Blockers. I think that's what's happening here. Yeah, probably. 
I think blockers cast. Let me just let me look at. I am a fan of Chloe Grace Moretz though. She makes she's in good movies. Yeah, I was I was mistaken for Catherine Newton, <laughs> the daughter. Speaking of which, we didn't review this movie, Jay, but there is a new movie out on Amazon Prime. Um, it's a rom com. Really? Um, all 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 the tiny perfect things. I fucking nailed. Nope, I don't think that's right. I, the I, map of tiny perfect things. Okay. Uh, Amazon original movie. It's like a rom com. It's very much like Palm Springs. Days repeating. Okay. These are high schoolers. Okay. Surprisingly, not bad. Just as my throw it out there, if you got nothing, your else recommendation. To watch, there you go. It's my recommendations. That movie. Okay. That was our. That was our. Mine and Victoria's little romantic movie for Valentine's Day. We watched. Thoroughly impressed. She fell asleep. I cried a little. <laughs> okay. So go watch that. All right, I'll probably won't, but okay. But you should. Are we gonna watch Tom and Jerry together at least? What do you mean? Well, I don't know when we're gonna record. We're gonna be in Arizona next weekend. Are uh, we recording in Arizona? I think we'll record after Arizona. Podcast might be like twelve hours late next week. Or we just bring the mics. Yeah, but we're on vacation, Jay. <laughs> can't mix work and play. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, might be a little late, but we will review. Tom and Jerry. I don't think anyone's going to be chomping at the bits for Tom and Jerry. I mean, we're going to have the hard hit and breakdown. If there's plot holes, I'm going to tell you that there's a plot hole. Okay. If there's incredible plot twists and just the most beautiful cinematography I've ever seen, I'm going to let you know. Maybe. No, bad idea. I'm going to say maybe we just do a WandaVision episode and then record it after the episode comes out thursday night and then release it on friday and then release tom and jerry like following tuesday but we'd have to stay up very late to review wandavision after it came out real late we're gonna be in arizona i don't know how time works there they don't have daylight well, no, savings. it would be thursday night before we left oh yeah we're gonna i don't know how it works jay arizona confuses me they go off indian time it's eleven thirty-seven right there so we're now so we're gonna lose an hour so it's gonna be later yes Oh, it fucking hurts my brain thinking about time zones, dude. I consider myself a smart guy. Uh-huh. Like math and stuff, I'm pretty good with. Time zones just fucking break. You know my what's brain. really confusing? What? When I go to my parents' trailer and me and Riley stay in Laughlin, which is at the same time as us, but then when we drive to the trailer it's an hour later. And my dad and me make a tea time in Arizona for eleven o'clock and oh. I don't know, and I get very confused. Oh god. <laughs> I just don't get it. And like like if you fly somewhere and it takes you like five hours to get there, but then it's like a three-hour time zone. Yep. It just breaks my fucking brain. When we go to uh, Orlando, we leave at – our flight usually leaves. It's a five-hour flight, but you're losing three hours, so it's really eight hours. Yeah. We usually leave at like one. We get there at like nine or something like that. I don't that. even think it's necessarily time zones. It's just like daylight savings time. <laughs> I don't understand if I'm gaining or losing an hour of sleep. So this next time in March, March 14th, you are losing an hour of sleep. But, but you're getting an hour of daylight, and that's what's more important. But it's spring forward. Spring forward, yes. So why am I losing an hour of sleep? Because you're springing forward at 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock. That's fucking stupid. But it gets darker later, and that's all that matters. That is nice. I like that. I hate, the, I hate when it gets dark early. I think I have seasonal depression. I don't. I like darkness. Really? <laughs> It sounded when metal. it starts getting, that sounded so fucking metal. When it starts getting dark at like, let me show you my new Metallica tattoo, Jay. <laughs> it just makes me sad. I like, I like, um, I like when it like rains and it's like overcast. 
Like, I know that's supposed to, like, oh, you need sunlight. That's for pussies. I just like when it's light outside until 8 o'clock. We could play Whoopable at 6 o'clock. That's fun. But, like, I, I, don't, I just think, like, nighttime adventures are fucking dope. Okay, you'll be nighttime at 9 o'clock. But, yeah, but, like, then I get sleepy. What nighttime adventures are you going on? I don't know. In high school, over the summer? Well, yeah, but then when I When it gets think, dark at 8 o'clock? Well, then I... Well, I mean, this is kind of irrelevant because it's always dark at midnight. But, like, at New Year's, <laughs> me and Victoria were like, let's just fucking go up here and find somewhere to watch fireworks. And we just off-roaded at night. Nighttime adventures are dope. Wow, you left your dog, Parker. He was chilling at home. He, he has no problem with fireworks. Maurice actually didn't either, surprisingly. Doesn't phase him even a tiny bit. The dog that... Whines. Someone's at the door and he just freaks the fuck <laughs> out. But God forbid explosions are happening in the air. <laughs> And he just sleeps like a baby. Maurice is the same way. Doesn't make any sense. You got anything else, Ty? I don't. Tom and Jerry next week. Yes. Um, so excited. WandaVision episode oh, 8. Oh, Mortal Kombat trailer's out. That's my recommendation. Go watch that, everybody. Now, you made a statement about King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. And you said the more story, the worse it's going to be. Yeah. I very much feel the same way with this movie. Because they introduced an all-original character. And I want him to die first 15 minutes in. <laughs> I don't give two shits about this guy. <laughs> I agree. Like, I, don't overthink it. You know he's going to be, like, the DLC for the Mortal Kombat game, though. I'm just hoping it's just, like, what is it, Johnny Cage? Yeah. I'm hoping it's just Johnny Cage. And they're like, oh, your birth name's actually Johnny. <laughs> so it's just, like a, it's just like an established character, and we don't have to learn anything. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Sub-Zero stabbed a guy with a frozen blood. Did you watch, like, the Red Band trailer? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fucking cool. I'm I'm hyped. Um, one one major major complaint. What? Get over here sounded not good. Yeah. Just yeah. stick to the classics. He's got a mask on. Just play the video game audio. That's true. You don't really need his voice. You don't. You don't need it at all. Especially yeah. just for the phrase. Just give us the phrase. Yeah. That's what everyone wants. Fair. That's fair. That's literally the Avengers Assemble line. The movie's gonna just erupt. <laughs> You know that video that circulates around when people use, like, it's like the bar of people yeah. freaking out on the big screen? It's going to be that. Yeah. It's going to be that when it happens. He's going to say the line, and then the whole crowd's going to erupt. That's it. That's Mortal Kombat. I watched a theater reaction to Avengers Assemble with Riley the other day on YouTube. I I started tearing up. Chills. I No, I actually got chills three times. It's incredible. It's and, the greatest thing ever. And I started, like, crying almost. Because I was explaining to Riley about how proud I was of comic book culture becoming something that was so widespread. <laughs> and so many people that were bullied throughout their lives earlier in their lives that just read comic books can now experience <laughs> it like in this kind of setting. Why don't you get emo- Why don't you get vulnerable like that on the pod, Jay? <laughs> I don't know. I literally was like, I had to stop talking because I was choking up. <laughs> I think we need to just have like maybe like once a month, we just have like a therapy session episode where you just you just deep dive into your emotions. Oh, that's funny. That's good shit. Then I'll cry about something like that on the podcast. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be fantastic, and we'll make a breakthrough. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I got nothing else. Tom and Jerry next week. WandaVision. Um, stay up. Maybe don't stay up if you're in Arizona. It's a different time zone. You're confused when the movie comes out. Um, in the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.